good afternoon, three o'clock on a Saturday. All right, so let's talk about orphans, children that don't have parents, or if they had parents and then they became orphans and then they're in an orphanage and they're looking to find a home where someone can take them in and love them. Children have a special place in my heart, especially children from other, other countries. Why? They shouldn't have to live in an orphanage all their life. You never notice that when people are getting ready to adopt, all they want are babies. What about little school-age children or children that are in a certain group? Why do they get overlooked? I understand why people want babies, you know, because they're so cute and cuddly, and that, but think about the children that are of school age that don't have anybody. You don't think they need love? So when I'm on Instagram and I express my interest in helping others, and that means everybody, I also look to children. Again, children have a special place in my heart. The idea that they don't have anybody to love or nobody loves them. You can give them things, but that t- doesn't take the place of love. Love is so, it's a powerful emotion, and it's emotion that you can easily give to a child. I have enough love to give every child that I see, but of course, unfortunately, I can't give that to every child. If I had my way and I had enough money, I would adopt as many children as I can just to bring them into a home, to give them a love, to teach them, to help them grow so that they can become productive adults as they get older, have them a good quality sound education, provide for them, give them food and clothing, and of course spoil them because I am quote a spoiler and I love to give back. But when I see the heartbreak of how you know, and, and the lives of some of these children, the stories behind how they became orphans, sometimes it's heartbreaking. Now you think to yourself, there's so many children, how many can you choose or who do you choose? Well, it doesn't really matter to me as long as I can give them a good home, education, love. Children need love. You could buy them everything in the world, but children want one thing in this world, and that is to be loved. Everybody needs love. I don't care who you are. Everybody. If you tell me, if you tell me, oh, I don't need love. I can be bought or you can buy me these things. No. You don't want to buy things just to gain that recognition, that attention. You want to love. You want to bring love. You want to bring love to a child. That's what children need. Love to be taken care of, to be taught to have the finer things in life, the things that you didn't have. You want to give a better life to your children and to those children that need a home. And I always wonder why it doesn't... For me, I've always wanted to sponsor a child, but sponsoring and physically adopting a child are two different things. When I see the children that are suffering in undeveloped countries where there's not enough food, the education is mediocre, uh, they don't have the basic necessities that other children have. And let's compare now. Let's compare this part of the world from another part of the world. Let's see what the difference is, a big difference. You see, children that are here in the United States have everything. They have the the electronics, the toys, a place to live, decent clothes, food. But then if you go into another part of the world, very little. And that breaks my heart. This one, I want to try to do the best that I can. And... Again, not just helping everybody else with, with, well, my main mission is the illness. 
But again, children also go through illness. They go through famine. There's not enough food for them to eat. I've seen pictures. I've seen television programs. I've seen it, and it just breaks my heart. And they're slowly dying. And nobody's doing that much about it. I don't think we're doing enough. I mean, yes, again, the donations and the concerts and all these things, it's just not enough. There has to be more to be done. I would say that if I ever go into one of those countries that I would actually volunteer at an orphanage and just be there, you know, just to give them things and to to help them and to, to love them. Children need love. You can bribe a child, but in all honesty, what does that say about you as a person? That every time you see a child in need, you're going to bribe them with something? No, they need love. Everyone needs love. It's such a beautiful, beautiful feeling and emotion to know that someone out there loves you and in return you can give them that love. I have so much love to give. It's coming from my heart. It's coming from my heart. Now when I say I'm going to give things away, those are coming from my heart. I'm not trying to buy anybody. But think about the little things that children have nowadays that other kids have in this part of the world. I don't like seeing heartbreak. I don't like seeing children cry. It bothers me. I can't walk away. I cannot walk away. How is that going to make me feel if I walk past a child and it has nothing? It breaks my heart. But I would do everything I can to give it a good life, to give it lots of love, him or her. doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. doesn't really matter. Children are children. Children need love. Children need to be taken care of and to be taught and to, to, to just just be loved. What more can I say? I mean, I it just breaks my heart. In the number of children that are orphans, oh, that the number is very high. And they always say, like, a lot of people adopt, but they don't want to adopt babies. Well, think about children that are school-aged that need a home. Why are we overlooking them? Why? They're children. You know, they could be in any grade you know, elementary school, even like the older, the older kids don't have a home because again, a lot of people are selfish and only want babies. Well, eventually that baby's going to grow up to be a child and the child's going to be growing up to be a preteen and a teenager and so pretty soon will be an adult. So what difference does it make what type of, you know, what you're looking for in terms of adoption? Take a, ch- a, a, a school-aged child. They need homes too. They need to be loved. See, I think this day and age, people are selfish. They only want what they want, which is a baby. Now, if you go into another country and you adopt a child from another country, that's even great. Here in America, it's very hard to get an adoption going because, again, you got to have a certain amount of money. you got to live in a nice area. you got to be able to really afford a child. Children nowadays are expensive, even one child. If you have your own, they're expensive. You have to think about medical care and doctors and schooling and all of that. It's just... But you know what? It doesn't matter. Love. You could put all of that aside for now and just give the child love. You don't think orphans want to be in a family? You don't think they deserve the happiness that other children have? I think they do. We overlook that, though. See, when I was growing up, I knew of someone who volunteered at an orphanage. The pleasure that you get when you bring something to a child, the happiness in their face, it lights up a room and it lights up your heart. It really does. I mean, wow. I said to myself, when I get older, I want to go and join the Peace Corps. Why not? 
it might be volunteering, but you start at a, at a lower level and you work your way up. And you have your own organization where you can give and give and give. See, I have a hard time receiving. That's why I'm more of a giving person. A humble, compassionate person with a warm and loving heart. And if everybody, anybody says to me otherwise, then you really don't know me, okay? When I was growing up, I would have gladly, I actually shared my toys with other people. I wasn't the one to say, hey, that's mine. I know children that do that, and I think that's wrong. What is wrong with sharing? When you have siblings, and say you grow up and you're like, you know, two or three years apart, wouldn't you share your stuff with your siblings? No. See, with me, me and my sisters were many years apart. One is 10 years apart, the other one's eight years apart. So when they grew up together, because they're two years apart, I'm sure they had to share, and I'm sure there were fights along the way. When I came along, they were like already grown, or they were, no. When I was born, my older sister was 10, and my other sister was eight. So yeah. When I came along, I had my own toys. And I had to share anybody. But if, you know, in school, I used to share with everyone. I mean, I wasn't one of those that, like, and there are kids that are like that. Here, that's mine. You can't have it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have children one day. You're going to share. You're going to share, and you're going to be nice about it. And when you go to school, they teach you how to share. You don't take from a child. See, children are like that, though. I remember growing up, going to the to the school across the street in kindergarten. There were some kids that didn't want to share. So if you had something in your hand, they would just take it out of your hand. I'm like, wait a minute. I was playing with that. Well, you can't. It's my turn now. Didn't your parents teach you manners? And if they did, they did a bad job because you don't like to share with anybody. Some kids are just like upset if you take something away from them. You want to make them cry? You want to be a bully? You don't want to grow up to be a bully. That's the worst thing that you can do is be a bully to others. Because that tells me of your character as a human being. Somebody I don't want to be around. See, I look at people and I also judge people based off of their personality. Like how you treat others tells me what the type of person you are. If you don't care about anybody but yourself, you're selfish. If you like to do harm to others, you're a bully. If you like to manipulate and betray and this and that, you're a cheater. And I don't like people like that. I try to get them out of my social circle. Because again, those are toxic people. People that have a negative mindset are the same thing. They're toxic. So when you say, when someone says to me, oh, I feel so bad, you're all alone. No, I just have me, myself, and I. And then, of course, people get offended by that for whatever reason. Well, I'm sorry. If I even make one friend in this world, I gotta be careful. Because in the past, I've gotten hurt. I've had friends backstab, betray me, manipulate me. I mean, who wants that in their life? I don't. If you can be a true friend to me, I can be a true friend to you. But if you go behind my back, or if I tell you something in confidence and you use it against me, then you're not a friend to begin with. You want something. See, the thing I found out that some Some people who, oh, I've known for a long time, have bad intentions. And they do, because you really don't know a person until you really know what they're all about. You could say, yeah, we grew up together, we went to school together, we were friends, lifelong friends, but you really don't know them. Same thing with family members. 
But just because you grew up in the same family doesn't mean you know me. See, me and my middle sister have that. She claims she knows everything about me. You know, I've changed. I'm not the same person I was before. And I've looked to other things in life. And no one has influenced me. No one. That's what she believes, that somebody influenced me. If that's how you feel and that's what you believe, fine, believe it. But that's not how it is. I have changed and grown as a woman. And I don't like it when she tells me, oh, you haven't done this, you haven't done this. She always tries to tell me what I think and don't think. Stop it. Today, she got me aggravated. This, I mean, it's like, I can't talk with her. She's so sarcastic. I just wish I could find someone I can physically talk to without having to... She pushes my buttons. It's like she's pushing my buttons. That I said to my other sister, why is she like that? Why? Because the, the, the difference between the two sisters is very different. They both have different personalities. One is more supportive than the other. One is not, a sar one is not sarcastic. The other one is... And my mother always wondered why we didn't ever get along. I said, I don't know. You know, if I, had, if I knew the answer to that, I would know. She just likes everything I do. I'm like, I don't get it. What don't you like about what I'm doing? I don't have to prove anything to you. If you don't like my choices and decisions, you don't have to like them. But keep your opinions to yourself because you get to me. You get me aggravated. And I don't like to be aggravated because then my blood pressure goes up. Do I need that? No. Sibling rivalry. Talk about that for a second. Who are you closest to? So I'm the youngest. I'm closer to my older sister than I am to my middle sister. I'm just saying. I am closer to my older sister. We're 10 years apart, but I have never fought with her. She's never been sarcastic with me. She's never put me down. She's always supported me. Whereas the middle sister, well, that's another story. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't I always wish I had a brother. I think the brother and sister relationship is much better than the sister to sister. It's like, and sometimes I wish I was the firstborn because the firstborn gets to do everything. But then you think, okay, well then the firstborn and the, and the, and the, the youngest get the attention, the middle child gets, is invisible. And I said, I think that's how you were. Because because you were the middle child, you got ignored. But she claims, oh, no, no, my mom loved me more than you. No. Mom loved us all equally. There is no favoritism. That's another thing. Don't favorite a child. Every child is loved the same, whether what birth order you are in. It doesn't matter. My mother said, I love all of you equally. Good. That's how it should be. But there are parents that are like that. There are parents that just stay there. There are parents that are just like, well, I favor my old, oldest child versus my youngest, and, or my, like, what? I'm sorry, that is wrong right there. That is so, so wrong, so, so wrong. But then again, I always wish I was my older sister. I said, I wish I had been born first, because I get to do everything, and I wouldn't have any of this, you know. Then I always wish my mother would have a brother after me. Like, oh, why can't you have another child after me? And it could be a boy and we could be close. It could be the age difference. It could be like two or three years apart. I think it's the age difference that matters. <clears throat> In the birthing thing, <clears throat> when you have children, when you have children and you say to yourself, well, how many years do I want them apart? One year, two years, three years? Depending on, you know, so many factors. And you say, well, if I have like three children, four children, I want them to be closer in age. 
But then you think, well, now you gotta give your body a break before you get on to the next child because it's like, wait a minute, I lost this weight, now I gotta gain it all back. But it's worth it though. It doesn't really matter. Love is important. For me, it's important. And it doesn't matter if they're biological or adoptive. See, I think of it this way. Adoptive children, when they say, oh, I'm not your real, yes, you are. Just because you didn't come out of my body does not mean that you're not my child. You're my child. Once I adopt you, you're my child. That's it. There is no, oh, uh, you're a temporary or substitute mother. No, I am your mother. I am your mother. Just like your father is your father. We are your we are your parents. So don't think of yourself as adoptive. You are a part of this family. Whether or not it's biological, you're still going to love these children. And a lot of people make that mistake. A lot of people make that mistake. Oh, why would you say that to a child? Why would you make them feel like they're not a part of the family? Because if you think about it, and I've seen it too, so you have the adoptive children versus the biological children. The biological children will tell the, their adoptive brothers and sisters, oh, mommy and daddy love me the best because I'm theirs. How dare you say that? How dare you say that? We all love each other equally. There is no favoritism. And if there was favoritism, shame on you. You call yourself parents? I've seen it firsthand growing up. The siblings. Which child do you love the most? Which child do you yell at? Which I mean, I've seen it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but in our family, we're loved equally. And my father was lucky enough to be in a house full of women. I mean, come on. How lucky can you be? It was all women. But I asked my father, I said, were you upset that I didn't come out as a boy? Because, you know, to have a son to carry on the family name? He's like, no. I was happy that you were healthy. He was lucky to have women in the house. I mean, come on. That, that's, that's lucky for a man to have old women in the house. <laughs> yes, I think he would have wanted a son, but it is what it is. My mother got sick after having me, so she couldn't have any more kids. She lost a lot of blood. She almost died having me, and I thought, wow, all that. And I came into this world, but I wasn't even a planned baby, so I was a surprise. But she goes, I loved you just the same. I didn't give you up. I said, thank God. <laughs> my aunt had wanted me, though. She said, because my aunt and uncle, I don't know, one of them couldn't have children. And she went to my mother, and she goes, well, you have two daughters. How about you give me your, your third daughter? She's like, no way. I could have three, four, five, six, seven, as many children. I'm not giving them up. What, are you kidding me? Because my mother and, my, and her, and her sister-in-law did not, my father's sister, she didn't get along. They, they just, they did not get along with each other. And so now it's like, you know, it is what it is. But if I had lived with my aunt, forget it. I would have run away from home at a young age. She would have made my life a living hell. Because she had like certain ideals and certain, you know, principles that you had to follow. I don't think we would have lasted for like a second. It would have been constant fighting. But anyway, so getting back to children. Now children are such beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little people. I call them little people. They have little minds of their own and they're so inquisitive. I love it when a child, you can teach them anything and they, their eyes get so wide-eyed and they're so happy. And it's just such a beautiful, 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 beautiful feeling. Oh. And for me, teaching children, I would teach them my own way, but I'd make it fun. That's why I said sometimes education, if you teach children in school, it's pretty boring. What are they learning that they can't learn in the real world? 
real life experiences. You guys go on a trip together. You expose them to as much as possible because when they get to be a certain age, they'll remember, oh yeah, my mom and dad, they were good teachers. They taught us how to do this and this and this. They were just, you know, we went on trips. They taught us about life, life that you that you're not going to learn in a classroom. I'm sorry to say it. They do not teach you about life situations. How do you deal with certain situations? You're not learning that in school. You learn it from your parents or from being in the world. That's why I said life is like a giant classroom. That's what it is. Think about all the situations and all the all the things that we we deal with on a daily basis that you cannot be taught in school. What are you taught in school? Math, science, English. Are you ever going to apply those subjects in real life? And if you are, in what fields? Unless you're an engineer, a doctor, whatever it is that you do that you need those subjects, that's one thing. Other other industries, not so much. So whatever we learned in school, we really didn't apply it to the real world, and we never used it. But now it's like I don't know. I wonder about that. That's something that I, I truly wonder. What did you learn in school that you could use to apply to the real world? Not much of anything. School is overrated. I'm sorry. I got a better education from my mom and dad. My mom and dad, believe it or not, because they had no education, they were robbed of it from the time they were little, growing up in the Great Depression. They were pretty smart. My father worked for General Electric, and then he. When he came into this part of the world, he actually worked in a factory, which of course you don't need any kind of high school diploma. But even back then, I don't think they questioned the fact that he had an education. He was hardworking. He did what he did, and then he worked at a nightclub too. And all these famous people would come in. I said, "Oh my God, Dad! You know all these celebrities and these singers." There was actually a picture, and I think I still have it, of this Greek singer that would come to the nightclub to perform. And he took a. They, she took a picture of, of with my father, his cousin. Another worker and the manager, and I'm like, wow, Dad, do you know all these people? And then one day we actually took, he took us on a, on a, we were invited to go to the nightclub, and there was they were performing, they had this like big wedding, and we get, to, I've got to see my father in action. I was like, and I got my first Shirley Temple. That's how I knew. I was like, wow, I'm so amazed. And I looked at my father, he's such a hard worker, even on the most busiest time. I was like, wow. Grew up to be like him. That would be wonderful to follow in his footsteps. But he was a very blunt man. I can tell you that much. And cursing, he would let you have it. He didn't care. He didn't hold back. He didn't hold back. He he told you how he felt. That's how my father was. And I think to myself, wow, I'm lucky to have a guy that you didn't even have to ask for anything. He would just give it to you. That's the one thing that I've always you know prided on. That. That's why I said I have a hard time receiving because I never really asked my father for anything. I was either ashamed or proud, or I just didn't want to put him in that position where he was obligated to go out and buy something. I just think that that is just I don't know wrong on every level. I don't know, but anyway, um, I do appreciate everything he's done for me. And the fact that he brought me out of my slump at the worst time when I was going through a difficult time in my life, I had nobody to blame but myself. I put myself in these situations, and and I was alone most of the time. I didn't have any friends to talk with, and he kind of said, "Hey, let's go out." He cheered me up too. He was really funny and comical, and you know. But I felt like, "Why are you doing this, Dad?" Because I love you. That's why. Because you're my daughter. Because I don't want to see you depressed and sad. I don't. I don't want to see you cry. You mean something to me. Don't you understand that? You're my world. 
You're my whole world. Then if anything happens or anybody harms you, you know I'd protect you. But of course, it never happened because he passed away two years after. And I always thought he would be around for a long time. My father was very protective of us, of his, of his girls. He was very, very protective. And then the type of men that they would meet in lifetimes. I mean, that would be all the questions, you know, get to know the man, make sure that he's going to take care of his daughters, that they're not going to be hurt. My mother is like that. I think both parents are like that. Parents in general are like, they want to make sure that their children are okay, that they're not going to fall into bad company. I mean, so I mean, to me, it's if, if, if you have a, a teenage daughter or a young daughter and she brings home, you know, her potential husband, of course the parents are going to grill them. You want to make sure that your daughter is well taken care of. You know, that she's going to have a good man in her life. She's not going to be like one of those people that, you know, falls into bad company. The same thing with your son. When your son brings home a potential, you know, woman in his life, you want to make sure that that woman's going to, you know, be good for him. Because nowadays you just don't know anymore, you know. But my mother and father are not here anymore. But I know my mother would love the man that I'm with. And I know that, yes, she would ask questions to get to know him and, and want to know, you know, the, the, the basic questions. Please take care of my daughter. Don't hurt her. Please love her. You know, she, she would want all of that. And I said, Mom, he's a really good man. He's so caring and kind and sweet and hardworking and just the man that I loved and that I want in my life. And I said, I want, I want to see that happiness, but I probably won't see it from the top of up above. I wanted most of my parents to see me happy. And of course, uh, it didn't happen. But it's never too late, and I've always kept my promise to my mom. And I told her, hey, mom, I'm going to do what I can to keep my promise to you. Because again, this man is the man for me and the only man that I love. And when we get together, it'll be, again, very magical, very romantic, passionate, all of the above. And the day that we get married will be the happiest in my life because then you'll know I'll be taken care of and will be loved forever. So mom, please, don't worry. As I know that her soul is crying out right now. I know that for a fact. So anyway, the love that you give to a child is very important. And that's what people need in this world, love. Not material things. I mean, it's nice to have things that you can provide for your child, but love is the most important thing a child's looking for, especially children that don't have anybody. Think about that. When you see their sad little faces, what do you see? They want someone to love them. And that's important in this day and age. Not, oh, let me see how many things I can get. No. Never bribe children. Children see that as, oh, well, you're, you're just buying my love. You don't really love me. No, I love you. And I'll give you things and I'll teach you and provide for you. It's important that we, you know, we do that for each other. But anyway... I'm going to let you guys go. But think about all the children that are in the orphanage. And let's say a prayer for them. Because I hope to God that they find families that they can be with. And then, you know, just just have a home. That's so important, you know. Because everybody needs that in their life. So let's say a prayer, shall we? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God bless all of you. Have a sacred Sunday. Stay safe. Take care.